0: Well, we are going to be having another episode of the Iron Man podcast. This is going to be episode 35. Like I told you guys, uh, I was going to actually, uh, you know, get back to interviewing uh, people who are obviously in the uh, indie comic scene uh, doing like their Indiegogos, their Kickstarters, their uh, Fun My Comics. That's a new website out there now. And yeah. Yeah because you know people like to hear about you know a lot of big people but you know i've always been a fan of the more smaller people to a certain extent because they are some people that'll talk to me <laughs> they have no standards obviously so they'll talk to me <laughs> but <laughs> you know i uh, wanted to get back to that get back to some of my roots so you'll be my third solo one-on-one person actually because i had my friend v on had kara on and now it's your turn so yeah two guys one girl that's Sounds like a really fucked up porno movie, actually. (laughs) So, yes, introduce yourself, uh, and uh, what would you like people to know about you, actually?
1: Okay, well, uh, my name is Richard. I run Mm -hmm. the website IronAge.media, and that's Mm -hmm. been live for just about a year now. Um, Okay. I also, as of, I guess, February of this year, decided to launch a magazine called Anvil Magazine. And uh, it's a collection of short fiction and comics and um, reviews of indie Mm -hmm. or at least small or press type stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the first issue funded uh, Mm -hmm. very way over the goal, which was fantastic. And the second issue um, has just as of this week doubled its original goal. So Okay. So just... Because you're, you're obviously new here
0: and want to make sure people get the full understanding. You run a, web, a website, Iron Age Media, and your yes, first book yes. is published. Okay. All right. So, let's yeah, start the there. first so, issue is
1: published. The second okay. issue is funding right now. And you can get the first okay. issue with the campaign uh, right, that is live right now as a catch up uh, option. <sighs> All so. right.
0: So, let's start from the beginning again. How did you get the inspiration for wanting to create a website
1: like that? So I I created IronAge.media originally because of a video that RazorFist made back in July of last year. He Mm -hmm. had a, um, uh, I can't remember the title of the um, video, but it was basically a call to become the culture. And one of the things that he mentioned is, you know, if you can't write or um, draw or any of these other things, there's still all these other roles to be filled within this growing movement. Right. And, uh, I heard that. And I specifically heard him say something to the effect of who's going to run the non woke IGN or, you know, all these other things. And I was like, no, you know, I could do that. And I was at the end of, I was kind of on hiatus from one project and I was thinking about learning how to build, uh, websites using a particular javascript framework and i was like hmm and after a month nobody done it so i was like all right well i'll give it a try and uh threw up just a real simple website um <laughs> which is still there now the the framework of it is still there it's getting kind of creaky so i've got to <laughs> rebuild it um first one year birthday uh it's it's gonna get a a revamp but
0: yeah i actually like that idea because you know the reason why a lot of people are attached to the mainstream is because the infrastructure that they have is massive and basically Mm -hmm. they have like everything covered so you wouldn't really want to kind of go outside of that you know because you're your big publication websites, and then you have your other smaller tier guys that all run that, but there's not like a website. I'll say like yours is going to be probably like the first one of its kind where it's going to be all based in giving off news for like the indie indie scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So there are, there are websites, um, like I would say, uh, bleeding Fool and, Mm -hmm. um, I know I'm forgetting some people right now, but there, there are other websites that cover indie stuff, but they also cover kind of like how terrible snow white is going to be, or they, (laughs) they cover, you know, the Barbie movie or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And I understand why they do that. If you look at their, their metrics, those articles way outperform the indie stuff. So they are, you know, responding to incentives to, Mm -hmm. to do that. But uh, I kind of made the decision that, you know, unless it ties in with an indie property in some way, I'm not really going to ever talk about the mainstream. I'm not going to host articles about the mainstream Mm -hmm. or anything else so that, uh, you know, indies aren't drowned in the competition. You know what I mean? And so that was a uh, that was one of my intentional reasons for deciding to go ahead and build the website as it is Mm -hmm. today.
0: Yeah. So. What other challenges did you have when growing your website too? Cause a, a lot of people try to do it and then they kind of just leave it and they kind of just fall to the wayside. So yeah, when you had like slow
1: traffic, what did you do to overcome those periods? So I, I would say I, I definitely have had an easier time of it than many. Um, <laughs> the, the big thing that I think I did was, mm-hmm. uh, I encouraged, uh, people to post onto my website. I was always looking for writers from the beginning Mm -hmm. uh, because I am, uh, I'm not a writer by nature. I just, you know, I, if I, if I write an article, it's, it's like pulling teeth, you know? (laughs) Um, So one of the things was opening up to that. And then the other thing was I started doing image prompts um, to engage with authors and that became extremely popular. Mm -hmm. So, um, this was back, mind you, a year ago, this was when um, AI art was still in the phase of anybody who looks at it and isn't immediately repulsed is is stupid. You know what I mean? There was no threat of AI art. Mm-hmm. Nobody was upset about anybody using it. They just yeah. thought it was it was too bad to be a threat to anyone. Mm-hmm. And so at that point in time, I was kind of dabbling with AI art on the free generators just, I don't know, just to see what would come out of it. And so I came up with some of these image prompts for people to write stories mm-hmm. for. And I've continued that. And because, you know, uh, to be frank, I was never going to, I never had the money to pay anybody to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. We forget this. stuff is kind of expensive, you know, hard labor is Yeah. Labors, yeah. <laughs> and so these, these kind of weird images and, and I, I kind of think that it, it's useful for that kind of thing as a, uh, as a jumping off point, shall we say for just fun inspiring ideas inspiring yes. some some creativity so that was one of the other things and i got a large mm-hmm. number of authors engaged by doing that and from there then i had kind of this um rolling effect of authors would find the prompts they would want to submit a story and then they would also want to write an article about their book or something else that they wanted to uh talk about and so that went well. And then I was able to uh, be very fortunate and I caught a, a, a bit of support from Razor Fist. He noticed the site and shattered it out. And so from there, it's been, I, I've I've had pretty steady traffic.
0: That's good. Yeah. So I think, what do you think is a big hindrance with people in this scene? As if like, <laughs> there's like a, it's like if you could have like three major things that really stops someone from getting like over a certain hump, what do you think it would be?
1: I think that in terms of if you're talking about, what like could, an be author, ma- selling it could be selling a book? Be, yeah, if it, you're talking uh, about somebody just trying yeah. to to gain a, an audience, wh- well, whatever. Because
0: because so, some people can't even get past a, a single phase of starting it, you know, because so, they don't know anything. Because you're my you're very new to this, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one of the things I think is that. Uh, I'm a big advocate of, hmm. and this is this is part of, I mean, I didn't just build Iron Age Media in a whim. It was like the- We don't have magic powers. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, what, what I mean is that it was like the last project. It was the, mm-hmm. just the newest project in a series of long projects. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really changed for me whenever I started doing these projects is that I started seeing them all the way through to completion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I I thought, well, I kind of am curious about building a game in Unity. What would Mm -hmm. that be like? You know, and so I, like, like most people, I got about halfway through it, and I was like, this is awful. I don't like this. (laughs) Nobody's ever going to enjoy this. This was a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, I should just start over, and instead, I just pushed through it, and I got it done, you know. And then I started other projects. Basically, they're just other projects like that. So Mm -hmm. I, I say, you know, try and make sure that you, um, even if you take some shortcuts and wrap it up, like finish the thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. wrap up and fail quickly. You know what I mean? Like go ahead and fail at the thing that you think you're probably <laughs> going to fail at, fail at it, move on to the next thing. Cause I mean, uh, nobody, but well, not nobody, but, uh, realistically, uh, you're not going to succeed the first time you do something. So you might as well yeah. just get those failures <laughs> under your belt, you know,
0: my very first podcast on. A, few, a long time ago is bad. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a tweet that went out that I actually agree with. Your first anything is gonna be bad. Just mm-hmm. when you, but but when you're at your hundredth attempt at it, it'll be a whole lot better. So yeah, so I always tell people, you know, when you first start something, you're gonna probably most likely fail at it. You know, mm-hmm. but that's the beauty of learning. So you don't make those attempts again. You know, um, what else I wanted to ask you because you said you're not really good at writing per se, and you're more like good at more like the the design aspect of it. So what I noticed with people in the scene is that it's something that they don't notice that you did. You're not strong at certain certain things. And that's a a very Mm -hmm. adult thing to admit. You're not strong at something. A lot of people would not be able to do that and they would just get stagnant like you've mentioned. So how can someone get past that phase of understanding, Hey, this is just not something that I'm good at. I need to get some help with this angle.
1: So I think, uh, I mean, I I think that you should always, um, approach things with humility, but you mm-hmm. also have to be optimistic in your uh, outlook on things. So you have to kind of mm-hmm. take the attitude of of uh, could I do that? you know what I mean? And then as soon as you realize that maybe that's not the best thing that you can do, you know that's not going to work if, if you're a um, if you're trying to make a comic book and you're a really talented artist, but you know people, read your scripts and they're like, ah, this is, this is okay. You know what I mean? But, um, you really, really, it's just your art. Your art is what's carrying the book. Then maybe you should look and see, you know, and say to yourself, like, like what, what, what am I trying to do? Am I trying to look at, am I trying to create something where it's like, I did this, me all by myself, mm-hmm. or at the end of the day, do you want a product? You know what I mean? I'm very, um, right. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very driven by, uh, by the ends, not, not to say something like the ends justify the means or anything like that. But, you know, whenever you're thinking about these projects with yourself, you need to make sure that the ends do uh, justify the means here. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm not going to, uh, I, I'm not going to try and uh, sit down and become like a really talented, um, engaging author for these kinds of articles because it's just not something I want to do. It's it's not uh, it's not scalable. It's it's not um, whatever. And so there's other mm-hmm. people out there who already have those talents, and if they're willing to you know collaborate with you, then by
0: mm-hmm. all
1: means go for it. Because
0: when people think of collaborations, they're thinking of like you know, the general things of like someone's chasing like cloud and someone's just trying to use your product just to further their name and a lot of other things. So how would you go about vetting someone? So like, let's say you get past that phase. How do you go about vetting someone that is a good fit for your brand? Actually?
1: I mean, I, I, I usually take a pretty, uh, and I, I, I would say this right now, iron age media is a very, uh, laid back brand. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I I have... You're not going to fire
0: me if I tweet some woke stuff, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. So it's
1: one of these things where it's like, I, uh, you know, I've had articles about, you know, stuff that The Daily Wire is doing. And Mm -hmm. I've also had stuff. I've had interviews with uh, George Alexopoulos. And I mean, they were just like, they were just griping at each other um, on Twitter today. You know what I mean? It's like, that's fine. I don't care about any of that. And I, I think that if you arrange your brand in such a way that it's very narrow, that's, that's good. You can target a very specific set of people with your branding, but you also want to make sure that you, um, are open to working with other people, you know, that you're, you're focused on getting that product at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, at least that, that's my strategy. Some people have very different Methods yeah. of, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to gatekeep. I want to have <laughs> like very specific sets of, of um like these specific identifiers and what, what I have associated with me, which is, you know, I, I always tell people that they're welcome to gatekeep. Um, but it's just the, not, yeah, it's probably true. not what I'm, I'm going to be focused on because I think that there's other people who are, you know. There's a mm-hmm. lot of talk about gatekeeping. I think that it's important within a specific, um, like subgroups. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I think comics gate. Mm-hmm. I think um, pulp rev. I think like supervisive. Mm-hmm. I I think that these things act as a kind of branding. Um, in the case of comics gate, quite literally, uh, a branding where essentially, if you you're putting value into this term, and by uh, letting other people associate with it, you're you're allowing them to uh, freeload to a certain degree, mm-hmm. right? So in those kinds of cases, I think you know, gatekeep, be very cautious, and everything else. But I also think that there's a lot of people who uh, accidentally start gatekeeping their customers, just like mm-hmm. so much of the mainstream is done, you know.
0: So I'll ask you about that. So with the mainstream, let's just say comic books, right? Because you came from
1: more or less of that angle. Did you? Uh, no, I. to be honest with you, I'm not a huge comics book guy. I've read comics mm-hmm. book, comic books. I uh, was aware of Comicsgate. I had uh, supported a few things, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, my angle has more been uh, I'm actually more familiar with the science fiction and fantasy Right okay. side of it okay that's so, fine too yeah yeah
0: so I would say what what turn you what like turned you off from the mainstream was it a specific movie franchise TV series of recent se- of recent memory mm.
1: I mean I have never been um I, I don't know I I i I would say my most influential pieces of media have always mm-hmm. been books. You know, okay. so I've always been a little bit um, insulated or books yeah. or video games, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit insulated from some of the, the legacy media antics that have been going on in the yeah. last 15 years or so, because, you know, when I was growing up, it's like, what book influenced you? You know, it's like, oh, well, like <laughs> Dune, you know what Dune, I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, well, that guy's <laughs> dead, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, or uh, so. You know, or these Ray Bradbury novels or these Mm -hmm. old, you know, um, like older sci fi and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so it's it's always been a case of. You know, uh, I I was never really like I never got really hyped for any of the Marvel movies, I thought they looked cool, you know what I mean? Like initially I enjoyed them, nothing wrong, but I, I never it didn't like get me whenever, you know, like they started sucking or like star Wars started sucking there, there was no franchise. There was no straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean?
0: So what about your own specific book? What came
1: from that inspiration? So I I was looking around with, um, you know, there, there are a number of magazines out there right now. Um, like, uh, Cursova and, uh, Aegon and, um, uh, like Storyhack Mag. And then, and then Bane does tons of anthologies. Right. And there's even, um, on the comic skate side, there's Rocket Mag, but they're an annual, if that. And I, I looked at a lot of these and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, there's a, there's, there's not really any way that I can afford to, and I don't really have the strong background to do just a magazine of comics, like some of the uh, more modern heavy metal, for example. But if you look back, heavy metal also had short fiction in it, you know, and I started thinking about this kind of blend because I think that branding is very important going back to that topic. Um, The, the goal of, Anvil Magazine is really to be a uh, central point where consumers, because uh, I think that I think that a lot of time indies approach consumers with the wrong attitude, you know, like most consumers What would that are, be mostly? Well, I think most consumers are extremely lazy. You and me yeah. included, probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the attitude that a lot of indies have is that they get frustrated by this you know and it's like okay that that's fine like you can be frustrated at the situation but at the end of the day you've got to like meet the consumer where they are especially when you're the dang consumer like you know what i mean like you do these same things too we all do them you know we all instead of going out and finding you know a um an indie film an indie short film on youtube from somebody who's really trying something new and interesting we just pop on to Amazon prime or Netflix and they feed us garbage. You know what I mean? These things happen. And instead of um, getting angry about that or demanding more and more, you know, or even like demanding purity tests of your own customers, you know what I mean? It's like uh, what I wanted for what I want for Anvil magazine is it's like a, a, an entry point for people to say, well, I don't really want to be bothered with trying to find, you know, uh, a dozen authors or comic books. I, I, you know, what I mean. Like, I'm not even sure what I want, but I want to support indies. Anvil Magazine gives me a, um, like a, a a good, uh, you know, like hors d'oeuvre tray of samplings from different creators in the space. And if, you know, I read a short story that really grabs me, then even if that person doesn't necessarily have a book ready to go, you know, they have a sub stack or they have other people who are associated with them. And like, it can be the, the uh, entry point to all these little rabbit holes out to, to find creators.
0: Yeah. Because there's like, the problem with doing a lot of this is like a lot of people don't understand is there's like one thing that leads into like 50 different things. And then after you get through those 50 different things, and there's another thing that leads into a lot of different things. So it's kind of part of growing. A lot of people call it a parallel, a parallel economy Mm Some people would, would call it. So what is the best way of, of being sustainable in your case because you know like a lot of people can't really get backings and can't get really funded for their stuff so what would be something that you would say that would help another indie person get funded or you could maybe answer this because what would someone have that is a lack of an ability that would make their books not get funded a lack of artworks not that good maybe name artists not there
1: no i I think beyond anything else but beyond the Um, I I, don't get me wrong visual. I I do think that visual mediums Mm -hmm. are easier to communicate, uh, to consumers Mm -hmm. about, you know what I mean? Just because you're able to easily, uh, not only get their attention, but communicate the level of quality, uh, with them because most people have very short attention spans. Even if you're, even people who like to read, they have a short attention span. That's why book covers are so important. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, despite the old adage, but uh, my main thing is that you need to, I think, identify a strategy and mm-hmm. make sure that you are being productive towards that strategy. You know, um, I-, I see a lot of people who will ostensibly be, you know, they're they're working on advertising. A product, but, um, you know, half of their social media feed is them like just being angry. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, are, are you, are you trying to uh, attract that kind of person? Is that on brand for you? You know what I mean? And so I think that, um, a lot of people, even if they do go out there and attract following, cause I mean the, the critical word in crowdfunding is crowd, of course. And if you don't get that crowd uh you know then you don't have anything if you get a crowd that isn't interested in what you're selling you know what i mean like if you know if you spend all your time engaging with the um you know underwater (laughs) basket weaving community and then you try and 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 sell them you know uh your your comic book like don't be surprised when there's not a lot of conversion so you have to be you're um, talking about basically
0: I, knowing your audience essentially. Yeah,
1: be authentic. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm not saying don't be authentic, but you need to make sure that you're um like being uh like like you're you're lining yourself up that, that you're making a coherent mm-hmm. brand statement with all of yeah. these things.
0: Cause if people because I have I've been trying to I've been building people for a long time, a lot of times too, a lot of people don't analyze this angle either. Is a lot of people will go with what the audience wants and then the audience doesn't even support that because like Mm -hmm. so sometimes even as a consumer you yourself don't even know what you want you know yes that's all about yeah so it's all about making the right decision based off kind of the biggest sample size you have because like someone will say it say something and then someone like their actions will say three different things you know Mm -hmm. so and it's really hard to analyze that because like you know people with indies don't have like access to a lot of analytics and metrics when it comes to like their audience, let's say on social media. So it's really hard to kind of gauge or gauge where you're trying to go. So if you're, cause you're more like the fantasy novel thing. So you do, so what I've noticed about that, that that genre is, that genre is not really tackled in in indies, quote unquote. It's mostly through like wizards and superheroes and cowboys and aliens, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that that there's a lot of different Um, I mean, there's just about, you name it, as far as the genre goes, and I could find an indie associated with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of people out there who, um, I I think have done a very good job of marketing to a niche that they're Mm -hmm. trying to hit, which is, which is good. But one of the kind of overarching messages from the iron age that I'm trying to get out there and mm-hmm. of iron Age. Media is that there are, there's a group of consumers with um, mm-hmm. comics gate. There's a group of consumers that came from yep. kind of like the, the, the fiction readers who are fed up with the Hugo awards and that trash, you know? <laughs> and then you have like pulp fanatics and you have all, you have all these people. Right. And so you, within each little community, there are, um, a lot of creators, and the creators tend to, you know, they they gatekeep, that's fine, but there's also customers. And those customers largely would actually very possibly be interested in other indie products if they knew that they existed. So one of the the things that I'm trying to emphasize to people is that, you know, if you look at um at the the Iron Age, not necessarily as like a creator movement, but as a consumer movement, then you need to think about um, trying to uh, just get yourself out there and open yourself up to um, you know, looking for customers from other indie uh, creators, you know, because no indie creator is going to be able to fully occupy their their customers, you know, what I mean, it's just mm-hmm. not possible. So, there's absolutely synergy to be had there.
0: Iron oxide. He asked, "Who's on Rumble?" Oh, Eric Wag also said, "Hey, oh, nice to meet you, Eric." Hey, uh, Iron oxide said, "Any advice for new writers?"
1: <laughs> oh man, I think the uh, the you know, and this is coming from somebody who is not really a writer, but I am, you know, acting as <laughs> as a managing editor for the magazine. And I would say the biggest thing that you should do as a new writer is um, first of all, get, you know, get get your short stories out there that you want to get done. And then, um, you know, if you want to have people read them, that's great. But I also encourage you to go out and um, like read what kind, read the kind of fiction, read the kind of, products that you want to emulate. You know what I mean? Like, what are you inspired by? And read those things and then read what you've written and think about, you know, what what tools did that author employ that you did not or that you missed? You know what I mean? And so I, I think doing that um, a couple times and then trying to find a group of other authors. Um, there's an article on Iron Age Media about a group of authors called uh, Laureate. It's uh, run by a friend of mine, Daniel P. Riley. Mm-hmm. And if you are looking for people to read your stuff, there are other um, indie authors in that group who are more than happy right. to read things. So, so network, mm-hmm. get yourself some some people to read your stuff. But I think before you do that, um, before you just fire off the first thing you've ever written to somebody, I think it's good to take a breather read it and don't necessarily get down on yourself, but just take a pragmatic look at um, what kind of tricks and strategies that, uh, that person that you're kind of looking to aspire (laughs) to be used.
0: So that is something that I've noticed a lot too, even myself when I tried to write things is if you have your friends, let's say go over it, then it wouldn't be the most, I would say honest faith criticism because it's, like if you give your story to your mom,
1: your mm-hmm. mom, even if
0: she did read it, she'd probably say it's really, really good because obviously you're her son, you know, or yeah. some moms would be say this is a steaming pile of horseshit. But yeah, <laughs> but it would be kind of like your friends would go, it's one of two ways. It would be this is the best thing ever, you're amazing, or this is complete garbage, it's terrible. Friends well, and family wouldn't be the best, like like to say, judge of maybe your work because of the bias inherently associated with you, you know, in mm-hmm. your relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and even then, I mean, even if they are, even if they try to be neutral, a, a big tendency that people have is that they want to, they see something and they, they don't think this isn't good. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't necessarily like beta readers are very difficult to find. Right. And, um, uh, my wife has written a book and so I went, um, that one Oh you right both there. have written. Okay. Um, Well, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just the editor for Anvil. Right. So, um, you know, in the process of that, it's like you, you realize that there is a very human tendency to be like, well, I don't like this scene because I think it should have gone like this, or I wouldn't have written it like this. And Mm -hmm. so then you start trying to jump into the driver's seat and you don't ever want to do that. But people, it's, it's a very natural reaction for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so, Yeah, trying to get feedback from friends and family is um, very difficult. If I was going to use that, because people need to, you know, use the readers that they have, um, if they aren't experienced with doing beta reading, the big things I would say is where were you confused and where were you bored? And, Mm. And if you can identify those two things, and then what did you, like, where was it where you liked? Because almost... That's that's almost harder to to identify because if you're really reading a story and you're really enjoying it, um, part of it is just not noticing it, right? You're just right. you're immersed and you're going, and so it's much easier to identify the speed bumps. But don't 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 have them try to explain the speed bumps too much. Just say I have no idea what's going on in this scene. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's going, like who, what now? I don't get it. I think the or this think, this this talking, this dialogue has gone on forever and I have no idea and I fell asleep. I'm sorry. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I think a big problem when I even ran it to myself was everyone knows how they want to start. Everyone kinda of has an idea of how they want to end it, but they have no idea of what the middle part is like. It's always that mm. middle part that could either be the make or break thing in your story, actually.
1: Well, you've gotta keep people turning pages, right? Mm-hmm. Um with short fiction, it's a lot less of a um, problem, but I do still see that sometimes. But more often, more often, I'm reading, um, I'm reading the submissions for issue number three, and I think we're almost up to 300k uh, worth of words submitted, and I've gotten through about 75. And you know, there's some stories where I could tell that, they're, that they did not have an ending prepared in mind when they started (laughs) writing you know and i'm like man you wrote yourself into a corner and you know some of them are are good stories like you know i mean Mm -hmm. like they they start off with a good hook they Mm -hmm. have me interested they have me invested Mm -hmm. and then it's like they just wandered off a cliff and i'm like i don't think you meant to do that but i think you needed to stop and go back and like you went up the wrong hill like come back down go a different direction here you know and uh you know, I mean, it's it's just I, I don't proclaim that Anvil is like the be all end all. So if people just wrote something, they just spit it out mm-hmm. and they send it to me. That's fine. I'm not, not going to take it too so, personally. I would say
0: since you've been growing up reading a lot of books, what will be some of your favorite books of, of all time? Like you said, Dune was, was one of your favorite series. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The the Dune, the original uh, Frank Herbert series um, uh, was very um was a was a big book for me Mm -hmm. like a big uh influence on kind of my uh my tastes uh i also read a lot of the old uh, like bradbury Mm uh so not not so much the political stuff but like um starship troopers i mean that's very political but (laughs) you know a lot of his other older fiction that was just Mm -hmm. like more straight fiction and um also the uh there's a series called the book of the new Sun, by Gene Wolfe. Um, I also read some other stuff from Gene Wolfe that was very good. He's, he's a really interesting guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, on the like fiction, but not really genre fiction, Mm -hmm. uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance was, was a big one. Um, probably the the biggest as a kid the biggest fantasy series that had an influence on me was uh, the dinotopia series which is more art than uh, i mean it's as much art as anything else mm-hmm. by uh, james gurney so yeah those those books i mean all, all that stuff was like okay those those were like real big
0: what uh, was your first reaction when you got your book fully funded
1: man i couldn't well I, let's see here the 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 first issue funded in like I think about six hours and well, I had well, a lot of people can't yeah, say that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I was, um, like that first hour I, I did about like four or $500 and then it just stopped. And I was like, Oh no, like, I, I don't know. You know, like it shot up cause I was like, man, I've been, I had been really hyping it and I'd been trying <laughs> to, um, build up this, you know, drum beat. Uh, right. Like, this is it. It's going to release. And I was doing all of the things that you're supposed to do for crowdfunding, release, and everything mm-hmm. else. And um, you know, one of the one of the things of that is like you want to get funded as soon as possible. And I was like, oh man, what if this is like what if just everybody who actually like likes me already just that was it and now <laughs> they're done? You know what I mean? And then it just it shot up and um kept going. And uh that was obviously a really um amazing feeling i was really humbled because it was clear that there was so many people out in the community who mm-hmm. uh like believed not only in the concept of the iron age and like kind of these high-minded ideas mm-hmm. that i've i've kind of talked about off and on but also um you know believed in me and the product that i was going to put out because mm-hmm. you know it's one thing to you know like with the second issue i you know i I I appreciate everybody who goes out there and supports it, of course, Mm -hmm. but with the second issue, you can look and see what people had to say about the first issue. You know what I mean? There's, there's a little bit more, um, and, and that's, that's good, of course. But, you know, for that first issue, for so many people to, um, you know, put their faith in me, I, I was, it was really a humbling experience. What was that? So you had that
0: revelation happen to you. I imagine you're like, oh, I I did it. My book's done." And you, you even have it. Obviously, I can see right there. You have it physically in your hand. So yes, what was yeah. that? What was that feeling like? Because you know, a lot of having people it,
1: having it physically yeah. in hand is pretty surreal. Um, yeah. because I you know I how did, you go like
0: to Barnes and Nobles and stuff, and like you'll see books. Like I always get and yeah, like, yeah, man, I wish I had my, my name on one of those things. So you actually have it. You actually have one of your books. Yeah, from, well, so, yeah. and
1: what what is extra kind of odd about it is that um. Because of the cost associated with this, you know, Mm -hmm. produce a a really like a high quality magazine is um, like it's very exorbitant to do it print on demand, and so Mm -hmm. I was uh, working with a local printer to get it done, you know, and then did the fulfillment myself. Yeah, no, I did (laughs) did not go to China. Although I've gotten plenty of emails from oh god, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's one of these things where I, uh, you know, I, I, I would like finally have it in hand. It was, it was very good. I had a little bit of trouble with the printer, um, right? you know, and uh, that's another process that I wanted
0: but... wanted to go over with, with, with you as well. Cause like, you know, how you get through all these steps and then as you know, in life, cause you're older, middle than I am, that's, there's always like when you do something and you do another thing, there's always this other, no, another hump. So you got the money f- funded for your book, you got everything prepared. Mm-hmm. Now you have the printer issue. So, what is an issue that if you get to this point in your, you know, let's say an indie career, let's call it, or your yeah. independent career, you would say, when you're at the printer, what is an issue that people wouldn't see coming for them, actually? The amount, amount of money it would take to actually fund the entire thing, or you're waiting on certain paper
1: things? So I think that the there's a couple things. One <laughs> is that, um, like uh, the the end amount of the campaign for the first issue was something like twenty four k. You know, at the what end of the thousand day. dollars. Yes. What? Yeah. And so <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's that that's very nice, and I'm I'm very happy about that. But you also got to keep in mind that between taxes, um, platform fees, transaction fees. Mm -hmm. and like shipping like i was already down i was immediately at 16 you know what i mean so so you
0: already eight thousand.
1: yes yes that's great okay and that Mm -hmm. and so it's like that other that that 16 is where you had to buy the books and um get them uh you know packaged and
0: and obviously uh, shipping them out well shipping was part of shipping was part of that 8k so you know
1: but like there, there's just a lot of things that go into it. And so you have to, I would say, be very careful about your costs. You need to understand your costs before you even start doing anything. You know what I mean? And um, if you're at the stage of like you're funded and you're at the printer, um, I would say the the biggest thing is that you need to make sure that you are getting uh, the product that you paid for because, you mm-hmm. um, like in my case, I, I had something like a, a 15%, um, uh, rate of, of like, like 15% of my order was bad. Like it was basically seconds for whatever reason, you know what I mean? Like they, they didn't know what they were doing. They, they didn't have the right people. The machine wasn't working correct. And a lot of it was just sloppiness. Now, mind you, I went back to them and they, you know, uh, provided me with the, uh, the the remaining fifteen percent. But like, man, you you gotta be willing to uh uh you know and be you're that like guy. Them. You gotta yeah, but- you gotta be ready to be that guy who that they just they they never want to talk to again if <laughs> uh if it means that <laughs> yeah. that like you have to make it painful for them to screw you over because there are a lot of people out there who are not um we'll say the not boss, willing to do the work that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who who, who yeah. are not ethical? So yes.
0: So at that point, you're at the printer. You have all, you have these other issues come up. Did did it ever dawn to you like, okay, this is just not going to happen? Or did you just no? Make I sure? was
1: I was like, this is going to happen, and, <laughs> whether you uh, want like, to or not. <laughs> yeah, you kind <laughs> of have to. Uh, I would say take this sort of attitude of yeah, like, there's it's happening and uh, like. Uh, we've we've come this far and Mm -hmm. you know if if there are problems there's problems and i'm gonna be transparent about it but like you know you you gotta really uh you know put put the foot down with some of these these vendors so
0: yes so you got your book printed, it's all done now. Now the other other issue people might not see is actually shipping the orders out cuz everyone knows the postal yeah, fulfillment service, was UPS. Whew. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. UPS is, you know, tend to throw things at people's, you know, porches. Yeah, I, I like had I had a mail couple
1: <laughs> Yeah, I had a couple of damaged magazines. Um but even the ones that were really badly uh manhandled, people like uh put them underneath a barbell or something, and the next day they looked Fine. I sent him another Mm -hmm. magazine, but, uh, you know, I, I think the quality of the, the materials really helped me Mm -hmm. out there. Um, yeah, but fulfillment is no joke, man. Like you've got to be very careful. I made a, I would say my, my biggest mistakes were all with fulfillment. Uh, some of them started whenever, well, some of them started whenever I launched the Indiegogo. I didn't fully understand the way that they classified things and just because something, anything that does not require shipping, even if it's an add-on item to something that already requires shipping, um, it uh, it immediately becomes a non-item. They think it's digital, so they won't put it on any of your, like, packing lists. And so, like, you know, I, I initially got fired up and I was going to like do this whole thing. And then I realized I was going to have to go back through. And even now I'm going back through and, um, you know, there, there's just always something, you know, I had somebody, uh, recently contact me and be like, Hey, you know, Hey Richard, uh, you know, how's it going? I, I love what you're doing everything else. But, um, like, I like, do you think I'm going to get my magazine soon? And I was like, well, I mean, you should definitely have gotten your magazine by now. Like, what's like, tell me your email. And I, I figured out that, um he had uh just used the donation option and he hadn't entered any like he just donated the amount instead oh, of whatever any yeah, so like the
0: go-go, there's a you can apply for the yeah. perks or you can just yeah. donate money just because oh yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so
1: it's like you gotta be very um like, okay, that's, that's his mistake. And I'm, I'm glad that he was, he was gracious and was like, okay, well, let me give you my shipping information and, and let me get everything sorted, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But you know, not every, not everybody's going to be that way. You know, somebody, mm-hmm. there's one person who, um, there are a couple of people who gave me incorrect addresses, you know, and one of them, uh, you know, got real irritable at me for shipping it to the wrong address. Cause they thought that like somehow I had gone and found the incorrect address. I'm like, I I shipped it to where you told me to, my guy, you know, and, um, you know, you have to have like a certain mentality that, uh, you, you need to be careful about with, with some of these things. So some of
0: the people that followed you, uh, commented, uh, TB, T S bowl, hail, Tenkage, although it's not a play on Hokage, because if that's Naruto, then I, I know what you're talking about. It's actually uh, Ten
1: Kage. I thought it was uh, Tenkage ten as well, but really, yeah, yeah, you know,
0: Naruto, yeah. What a series that went the way it did, obviously, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd have to ask one of these things where so you have your website done. Your mm-hmm. first book is done for the for the most part, your second book is fully uh going through the process of being funded.
1: Yeah. Is there anything I've else have got I've got one piece learned? of art basically okay. left. We're doing layouts on the first issue right so um i'm planning on like the the uh jacob Calta, the guy who is my designer um Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be getting to work on that pretty soon Mm -hmm. um i think he's like we're gonna we're gonna have to sit down this weekend and and start hashing it out because i want it to be like you know Mm -hmm. done way ahead of schedule so then i can get back on schedule and get everything out because this is a um you know, like a light horror kind of more spooky themed issue. So I want to make sure it's, uh, it gets in people's hands in the beginning of October. So they have plenty of time to enjoy it.
0: So I wanted to ask you this. So I've always asked people this thing too, when they got their first campaign fully funded is, what would you do differently now with the information that you know now, given your first campaign is finished?
1: Hmm. I think the, the, the biggest change I would make is I, well, I don't know on one hand. I think that I only hit that number. In fact, not, I don't think that I know I only hit the 24 K number because I had so many add-ons and perks and options and everything else that let people who are really excited, um, show their support, you know what I mean? And, and, and have something for them, but um like you you got to keep in mind the burden that places on you on the fulfillment end you know because uh that was like i i was able to ship something like you know almost 400 magazine 400 issues in one day because with the help of my my wife because uh it was very straightforward you know we we had a process and we just you know cranked it out and you know stick labels on it it was it was good you know i mean that was fine but then the remaining 200 or so were just like absolutely pulling teeth you know what i mean because you know like this goes with this and we got to do that and each one was kind of its own special snowflake one way or the other and you know of course you want those people to to support you and you want that mm-hmm. but you got to be prepared for what kind of a fulfillment burden it's going to be potentially. So you want to know if you're going to have a, like a cheap, like a lower dollar streamline campaign, mm-hmm. or if you want to have kind of like a, you're, you're going gangbusters. You're only going to be doing this once a year kind of thing.
0: So people can still get anvil number one. Cause I, I read your website before I, you came on, but it's an add on to the new campaign, right? For anvil yes. number two. Okay. Yeah.
1: We're going to be doing direct sales later in the year. And moving forward, starting with the third issue, I expect to um, make it, I I may still do campaigns just because that's where my customer base is, but um, it's going to be very much a uh, direct sales kind of. uh, um, You think that's the more better
0: model for you?
1: Um, I don't know if it's the better model. I think, I don't know. On one hand, I think that, I could probably scoop up some more money off the table by, you know, doing the hype thing every time. You know what I mean? But that's not really authentic to who I am and it's not what I want to be doing long-term. I would rather sell subscriptions on a yearly basis and then also, um, you know, do do direct sales because I think that's going to be the more sustainable thing for me. And I'm trying to make sure that this is, um, sustainable for everybody involved and that includes right me. so yeah
0: because you mentioned you're you, uh, you married you have a wife so because you know how you some people have partners that are not really supportive of the person's you know thing because they're just not into it it's just might not be their thing so you have a partner who is very supportive so how's that been for you as well
1: oh man i i uh well it's actually it's it's great that you asked because it's our 10th anniversary oh, um, oh congratulations right we have so been married been since 2013 yeah. Yeah. So we've been married wow, okay. 10 years and, uh, yeah, we've got two kids and, and, um, it's been, uh, just an amazing time. I don't think I could have accomplished this mm-hmm. without, I, I know I couldn't have accomplished it without her, especially with the kids around now, if I was just some bachelor, maybe I could, uh, maybe I could have had enough time, you know what I maybe mean? Maybe to blow all the money on like the,
0: strippers or whatever. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think I would
1: have had the temperament for it. Right. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's been fantastic. I think that, um, you know, it's very important to have a support network around you and, you know, you, you can like, you can kind of like do your thing and you can get out there. And if it's just you like power through it, you know what I mean? But, um, I think for things to be sustainable, I think that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's important to have like your, that, you know, you like your family and your relationships figured out as well as trying to figure out business, you know.
0: So I wanted to ask you, cause I think I met, I'm pretty sure if I couldn't go to your first campaign page I'm on your second one. Mm-hmm. So you're offering a digital package. Did you offer a digital package on your first one?
1: It did not originally. I, okay. um, <clears throat> I did not do that because I wanted to push everybody into the physical. Right and um, because to me, like you have a magazine, you know it's it's like you I don't know you look at it on your phone and it's it's I don't know it's it's like a bad website you know what I mean it's like a it's like a boring static website usually mm-hmm. you know or maybe you see it on your computer or your um, tablet that's a little bit better experience you know what I mean but I, I knew that a lot of people would probably look at this on their phone. I wanted to make sure that, you know, like you had like the, the, the quality, you know what I mean? And you can't feel the quality in a digital setting. And so, uh, you know, that, that was my decision there, but mm-hmm. a lot of internationals were like, my God, the, the shipping is outrageous. And I was like, yeah, it is outrageous. And, um, yeah, it, like it's just, it's impossible. Digital, so, even though
0: you're kind of, the bad part of digital, even though your book might be really good, is the thing is piracy. That's the bigger problem. I, I'm but, actually
1: not too concerned about piracy. Um, oh, okay. You know, I like I, I think that there is, of course, an issue. But I also think that that's a lot of people who never would have supported you to begin with. Um, I actually know, didn't
0: look at it that way. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then
1: at least you have some readers there. Yeah. Um, and then if
0: they liked it, they might, on the yeah, off chance, maybe, purchase a physical copy.
1: <laughs> exactly. Maybe they, maybe, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I and you know, I kind of realize that with the digital tier, um, it's not, you know, it's not, um, it's not what I'd recommend. But I also mm-hmm. understand that's why um, I, I understand the reasons for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some people just want the convenience, um, and and it, it is certainly much more convenient. I just, you know, I, I like. As the person who's putting this together, I really hope that they um at yeah. least take a look at it <laughs> on a screen that does it justice. You know what I mean? Because
0: Yeah. Because you're taking a lot of money this into a printer and almost yeah. screwed over them. I'd hope you want the actual book itself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause okay, so I want to ask you this because I looked at your thing. This artwork looks great, honestly. Holy crap, that what is that? A prowler? I think that's cool as hell. Well, that's the,
1: the the cover, that's actually a uh I, I don't want to like ruin the story, but it is in fact a striga, which is, what a, is a striga. <laughs> it's a, um, it's a, a Slavic, I believe it's Slavic in origin, but it's a uh, type of creature that will, um, it, it has kind of like the head of a woman uh, on the body of a bird. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a, um, kind of like a hag Raven type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it retains a little bit of its humanity, but is, is like mostly bird um so it
0: says that you can get issue number so, so what's the catch ketchup packed here is that where yeah, you get that is the, the physical
1: brand? that is the physical um uh issue number one uh, overrun with a physical okay. um issue number two
0: okay just making sure okay all right oh dang this poster looks great too the iron age wants you that is
1: yeah oh yeah nice I that, slogan i had that that, that, that looks good
0: that's pretty good. I'll in
1: fact, that. uh, Mr. Eric Wag, um, up there who is in the second issue, mm-hmm. uh, who was in live chat earlier. He's the one mm-hmm. who originally put together kind of like the old timey, um, uh, uh, like, what, what was it? I, I can't remember where he got the barbarian from, but it's in the same uncle Sam pose. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of took that and I gave it to the artist and, uh, said, you know, basically combine these things and, uh, come up with something and he he's great I, I love working with Joes he's um he's a very talented artist and he's exactly the kind I like where I'm like hey I kind of want this thing and this <laughs> is what I'm thinking of and then he just you know he just whips something out that um, is is just fantastic it-
0: Good Lord oh goodness dang this. There's so much. You're offering dice too. That's interesting. I don't see a lot of people yeah. offering dice. <laughs> Are you big a like a
1: game board a, player or something? Yeah, war game. Uh, oh, war okay. Gamer. So <laughs> that's why I, I like my d6. Um I, I like the the d6 based dice pool games and stuff like that. So
0: and go in go the first issue there was artist, a. Too? You said that you found your artist. Where did you go about finding him?
1: Um, through Twitter, through, um, I, I, actually was connected to him through one of the authors of the first issue, um, the, uh, Brigands of the Moors, uh, MFR. So, uh, he already was doing some work for him and, uh, had put me in contact and, and yeah, I've, I've, I've had a, a great working relationship with Jozan, but in the first issue, you can, you can take a look. One of the things that I, I try and do is, you know, after every story, there's the um, there's like a little mm-hmm. about the author section, but it, right opposite of the table of contents, there's the the artists and links that lead back to mm-hmm. where you can find them. So mm-hmm. if if you like any of the art in the magazine, hopefully it's very easy to get in touch with those uh, artists and, and also put a factor in
0: them. Out of all the money you did in uh, up accumulating, you know, people paying people for the uh, artists and they're, all the writers involved too. Imagine that.
1: <laughs> this is oh, yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: yeah, I kind of cheap people. <laughs> well, I kind of
1: overbought on content for the second issue, so the second issue is like chock full of um okay, of content. So it's probably going to be the biggest issue that we have for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to cut back just a little bit on the third issue, um, just for cost reasons and because. Mm-hmm of uh just a couple of different things because i'm i'm like you know i i uh i want to make sure that i can can keep paying everybody And yeah. <laughs> um you know at, at the end of the day it would be really nice if uh if i at least made enough to like cover the doordash that i get while i'm doing fulfillment you know what i mean so
0: <laughs> i like doordash makes me yeah. so i don't have to go outside and experience human life because human life is it's a little stressful say. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Touching grass is scary. I'll just say that. <laughs> so another thing I wanted to ask you, just the the add-ons that you had for your campaign, like dice and posters and everything, that's all mm-hmm. in-house made stuff in America, right?
1: So, so that the like? the dice are made by uh, Chessex, and I believe okay. that they're all made stateside. Um, the posters and things like that are, like I actually bought a high-quality printer because um, the original quote that I had, uh, fell through and they didn't want to honor it. And they like quintupled their price. And so I was like, okay, you know, it, it, it was, it was a whole thing. And, um, so the, the printers are literally made upstairs, you know, and, uh, the, the magazines are, are printed in house, not in house, but in, in town. So I should say, sorry, uh, not in house, um, in town. And I've got a couple of different vendors now, that I've been looking at and um, I've got, you know, I've, I've got some people that I'm really excited about working with for the second mm-hmm. issue. So.
0: Yeah. So also a few more things and we'll kind of wrap this up. Cause you're, yeah, you know, obviously you're a dad, so you're probably very busy <laughs> as well. Well, so-
1: fortunately the kids, I got the kids to bed. So.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot you're in a, I think I'm pretty sure you mentioned you're
1: in Texas Central. at some point. Yeah, I'm in Houston. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, probably, right?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not originally Chris, from. Good. Not originally from Texas, but.
0: Okay, that's good. You're a Cowboys fan. I had to not ever have you on again. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I'm a Cowboys fan, but Oklahoma State Cowboys. So. Oh, okay.
0: So, you know how people have a hard time staying together now in terms of like relationships. What would be advice you would have for newly married couples going oh forward? Oh my actually? gosh.
1: This is out of left field. Um Newly married couples. So, uh my my wife just looked at me. Um let's <laughs> I see know, here. in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm probably going to give the wrong advice here. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> I would say that like the, the most important thing is to make sure that you um, keep doing things together. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and I, and I was not, I was not perfect about this, you know, after we got married, there was uh, a period of time where it was like, you know, you, you fall into this routine. All right. Well, I went to work, I'm going to come home and, you know, and and (laughs) it's like, just, just, just this monotony and mm. um, it's very easy to uh, fall into a sort of monotonous mm. routine um, after you get married and after all of like all of this stuff that you're like you know you're supposed to do and you you did all these things and now you're like all right I did it and then it's like well what do you do I don't know you know and um, just keep doing what you're doing right and uh it's important to recognize that that happens and, and to try and avoid it. But more importantly, whenever you do realize that it's happened, like it's not, it's not your, it's not the other person's fault that you've fallen into this rut. It's like, it's, it's the nature of things and it's y'all's job to, to work together, to, to, you know, stay happy and, and figure out what, what you need to change in order to, to keep things moving forward, pick up a new hobby to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do do whatever it is that you need to do, but, you know, yeah. Basically just, eh, yeah, work, work together and, and keep moving. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So the last thing I'll ask is, you know, this is kind of a growing scene right now. Well, it has grown, but, you know, this mm-hmm. is even getting bigger because, you know, the mainstream just can't stop just fucking up. Let's just be
1: honest. <laughs> yeah, so that's very true.
0: What is your plans for your website and any of your other magazines moving forward for like, you know, couple of years down the road. Do you have any big big plans for the, for the rest of the year as well?
1: So, I well, okay. For the the magazine, um uh, well, actually I'll start with the website cuz it's the thing okay. that I have the most imminent plans on. And that is mm-hmm. that I plan on rebuilding the website to make it a little bit more responsive, a little bit more searchable. You know, whenever mm-hmm. I designed this thing, I looked at a lot of features and I went, I could do that, but it takes more time. It would take, it would cost more to run it that way. And like, I have three articles, you know what I mean? I don't need an article search feature. I don't need all these like dynamic, um, like tagging systems and everything else for, for a website that has three articles and may at the end of the day, only ever have like 12 articles, you know? So uh, that's obviously not the case anymore. I am going to be rebuilding the site. And with that, I'm going to start, I'm going to like actually open up the merch store that I set up a while ago.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, so that there'll be, there'll be a little bit of stuff there. Um, and with that will be kind of like the direct sales of Anvil and other things. Uh-huh. Um, and speaking of Anvil, you know, my, my next big plan is to start selling uh, 2024 subscriptions and also doing uh, direct sales of the issues as they are printed. Right. Um, so that you know, if you pre-order, like you can still pre-order and get something um, special that you can't get any other way. But um, if you just are wanting to catch up on things, they're there and you can order them. Um,
0: that that you're going to have take place early into 2024,
1: you said. Uh, probably late this late this year is, okay. is my goal. So I want to okay. I want to like you know because. Uh, just of the sales dynamics i want to make sure that people have access have the opportunity to buy a subscription to anvil um over the holiday season Mm -hmm. so you know what i mean i I don't want to try and yeah i don't i don't want to try and sell people like right whenever they're like oh god i just i know now it's time i'm going on a diet for my new year's resolution not because i need to lose weight but because i spent too much money you know you can't sell that at the beginning Um,
0: of january after new year's that's not gonna work out very well (laughs)
1: yeah um so there there's that. And then, um, you know, years down the line, I really just want, um, Anvil magazine to get to a, uh, nice steady readership level where, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's self-sustaining and I would love to be able to kind of like take my hands, like take, take the hands off the wheel just a little bit and let other people, um, uh, you know, step up and do guest editing and things like that and really give the community an opportunity to uh, display different things you
0: want to take a step back from being on the whole day-to-day process to being kind of like the guy that's giving out the orders kind of thing right no no
1: not not, not even that necessarily I, like mm-hmm. maybe at a top level like i want i want the magazine printed you know what i mean but like right i, I don't want to be in, in the weeds picking content well, forever and ever you know, right. not because I think that um, it's a hassle or something. I mean, it, it can be a little bit of a hassle, to be honest. But the yeah. the main point being that I want people to be able to come in and do like a guest editing, and and then other people get a good sense of like, oh wow, well not now not only are we um, showcasing authors and artists, but we're also showcasing editors too. You know, and uh, you know, give that. Um, give that magazine room to kind of uh, try new things and be a place where people can always find something that they enjoy, but also always find something that they didn't know. um, You know, maybe they didn't know existed or or just kind of was, was something they they never would have consumed otherwise, you know? So uh, whether it be kind of an interesting story uh, or, you know, like a, an RPG or or something else.
0: So you want to do more direct sales with the magazine issues one and two, you want to Mm -hmm. do the subscription model, but when you get those done, would that mean you would take away the digital option eventually? Or is that still going to be, no,
1: I think digital, I think the digital is going to stay there because, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to have any kind of a uh, infrastructure solution in anytime soon. You know I mean? I'm not going to be able to do a print on demand overseas, you know, like until I can get a, um, like a good value proposition for overseas customers to where like, they're not spending more than $40 out the door on a magazine. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of money, um, like 40, $45 maybe then mm. like maybe then I would consider, but even then I, I, I still think that um, that's a pretty big ask of people.
0: T. T.S. Bowl says it makes me laugh that you thought you might only ever have a dozen articles original on the site.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. T.S. Bowl actually has been a, a contributor and, and helped uh, get the site going, both in the prompts and in articles. So, um, you know, they, yep. they helped. They helped make that uh, make that not be the future of the site. So, kudos. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess we'll just, you know, wrap it up here. Uh, is there anything else you want to say, uh, before we head out? Any like shout
1: outs you want to say to anybody? Um, man. Okay. There's, there's a lot of shout outs that I could do. Um, I will, I will first of all, complete my show before I forget what I'm doing, which is <laughs> anvilmagazine.com. You can get it on fun. My comic or uh, Indiegogo, and it will be shipping in early October. And, um, uh, the Indiegogo campaign will go into in demand for a little bit in September. So you've got a little bit of time, but not too long. And, um, I, um, I'm just going to say that my editor, Daniel P Riley over at whimsyland.org has been, uh, a big help with the magazine. He's the editor for the magazine, um, for the second issue and the third issue. And, uh, Jacob Calta. I think it's stage screen sixty on Twitter. Uh, he's a very talented guy. He put together the trailer for the um, for the second issue and the first issue and uh, composed the score for the second issue. So um, you know if you if you're looking for uh, all sorts of different stuff, he 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 does a little bit of everything. check him out. and uh, I, I will also shout out my co-host uh, for. Friday nights, Iron Age nights on Rumble and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, over at a drink with crazy. Uh, oh, no, I know a, him. I should show with him. So he's okay, cool. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah, <laughs> no, it's crazy. He's a he's a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: So uh, I I always have a good time. And if you uh, if you want to go check out those folks, and uh, yeah. yeah, give give the Iron Age a, a whirl. I'm sure you'll find something.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if anyone uh, came over here because you had shared out the show, uh, please follow on rumble and also Twitch as well. I mean, you can also have the show on Twitter, uh, but who wants to watch on Twitter? Elon Musk, Elon Musk is obviously my dad. So don't support him. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but yeah, um, I do want to say I do respect. And i uh, A lot of admiration for what you're doing, man. It takes a lot to do what you're doing. A lot of people wouldn't be able to do it, nor would do it. They would always kind of say they would want to do it, but then not do it. So, you know, (laughs) I do respect what what you're doing, man. And, you know, best of luck in all of your endeavors and all your new adventures coming up. Because I imagine issue number three, when you're going to come up with your anvil story, is going to be another Hurdle too, because you had your first hurdle with getting out. First one, and the second one is all I imagine there's some issues going to happen there. The third one's going to have some issues too. Oh, well, I not. think,
1: yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that, um, because part of it is the third issue is going to deliver, um, a little bit later. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to kind of take a, a slight hiatus to make sure everything is all ready to go. And then we're going to I mean, burn you yourself out either. Months. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like you got to, um, uh, I'm taking just a slight pause because of the Mm -hmm. content in the second issue. It's like, I can't, I I couldn't really bump that one back, Mm -hmm. but this third issue um, it'll be the first, you know, the first issue for the 2024 subscription series. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it's going to be out in February. And I think that should line everything up so that uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hit the ground running and and everything should be smooth as butter. Hopefully.
0: Yeah, and the last thing I'll say before we head out of the show is I told all these tell people, hey, if you want to, t- if you need to take a break to analyze your thoughts in your story or whatever you're doing, if you want to be an author person that writes comic books or you're doing the whole magazine angle, which I don't think a lot of people are doing, which is I think another great angle too. That way you're getting you know costs down and things can get a lot more smoother going on in a more of a mm-hmm. cost effective way. There's no problem with taking a break and analyzing your thoughts and checking out how things are gonna go. You know. It's Always sometimes we're always so involved in everything that you know taking a step back is you know something that we don't think we can do, but it's something that you need to do sometimes to mm-hmm. reassess the situation. So, yeah, uh, as you guys know, uh, love doing these one on one shows, and yeah, hopefully, in the future, if you are someone that is obviously on the Iron Age portion of the internet, if you have your own comic books you're starting, uh, as you're doing your own magazine, your website, if you want to come on and you know talk to me then you are more than welcome to. But I'll see you guys later. Like, comment. Oh, I it's not YouTube. For follow, like, and also see you guys later. Goodbye. Peace. Have a good night, everybody.